That sounds like a whack fucking book that only people like Fifi who lay in bed all day would read. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so how was everyone's week? That was such a long delay. Oh, she is feeling some type of way. You look like I love how she keeps the bit going where she acts like she's mad about some shit she no, knows is true and that she, she sends us so memes sad. about every day. She look big mad. She's like, it's only okay if I say I'm a lazy piece <laughs> exactly. of shit. Seriously. Not you say I'm a lazy hey, piece of shit. I didn't say she was a lazy piece of shit. I you said she laid in bed all day. Damn, no, I, I just said I she laid in bed all day. I feel like I'm a lazy piece of like, but I'm fancy shit, you know? <laughs> gluten-free shit you're a special free-range shit Special. Yeah. oh my god that's the free-range pussy free-range pussy yeah we- <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about free this is why you guys need notes pussy yes this is why you guys need notes i was like we should start advertising ourselves. yeah we're gonna oh, advertise you know this pussy is gluten-free this, this pussy, pussy is, is free-range free. yeah this yeah. pussy is grass fed. All natural. Yeah. Get your raw pussy here. This pussy is raw. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Like raw. Right that that raw sounds a little. It sounds dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like it sounds painful. You, I feel like you can't put free range and raw in this. Right. That's when you start having problems. This pussy is artisanal. Yeah. Artisanal. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's fire. Yes. Mm. Yeah, non-GMO. Organic. free Organic. 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 We talked about that. Uh, we can't say vegan, though. No, the pussy ain't vegan. Because pussy ain't vegan. You know what I'm saying? But if you eat pussy, you could be a vegan. Because <laughs> no could. animals were hard. Or you could be a, a oh. vagan. That was hilarious. You could be a vagin. A I mean, vagin. not 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 all animals weren't harmed with all women though. Right. Some women have harmed animals. Oh, here's the with thing. Their if you are not eating pussy, you're probably harming more than not harming. So eating pussy is like eating pussy your will carbon save footprint. the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I can contribute to any conversation this today. This is how we're going to save the planet. Eat pussy, save the world. I think I should make a sticker. You that should. That. On the back Reduce of, your greenhouse. On, on the back of the travel trailer yeah. camp oh full of kids. Yeah. You should just start like a whole There's, studs for carbon emission reduction. Don't nut. Eat the pussy instead. That's right. <laughs> and that's supposed to hey, the worst just- slogan ever. Like, I know where your heart's at, but that was trash. Because <laughs> my thing was to stop the crotch goblins from being a thing. I mean, we're reducing the population. We're yeah, controlling so the, the if pussy. If you stop the crotch goblins, if you eat pussy and don't nut in the pussy, you are reducing. You- Okay, again, population. I understand. Can you get COVID from eating pussy? Yeah. I mean, you can just it's only safe. eat pussy, then you don't have to put your face yeah. near the you face can, of the other she person. She can wear a mask. You can hear pussy. Her pussy is your mask. Yes. <laughs> and it's organic. And it's, it's organic. <laughs> it and a, it's all natural. That's way too early in the day for this. <laughs> I can't. Locally sourced. I'm still drinking. Not locally sourced. sourced. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> Except you're imported at this point. Uh, so I'm an import. Oh, Ooh, that's fancy. That's I'm a fancy. Fancy. I'm gonna charge extra for that <laughs> shit. That's, that's right. Extra two forty nine a pound. The colleges charge more for tuition. Yes. Yeah, so. so we can charge more. I don't. I. I don't. Where I are you bottled at, though? Actually, I was aged for twenty two years. Wow. This is some top shelf dry aged pussy. Dry aged pussy. Just got to spit started. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. This man just Ooh. needs a little butter. <laughs> just needs a little truffle butter to get going. Hair oh, is nice with a fine lube. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are. This amazing. pussy was made for Chianti. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best bit. I know. I fucking it's love this. I like it. Yes. <laughs> Michael, I feel like you are having a hard time. So many stickers your pussy could save the world. Yeah, can your pussy save the world? If we do not plaster it, I'm just gonna get a sticker that says "Eat Pussy Save the World." Most of the time, so I don't because you are using it wrong. Don't don't put the fate of the world on my loins. It's not a good call. We will all die. I'm gonna make this shirt. Our pussy is low FODMAP. I'm gonna make a shirt. (laughs) It's gonna have a world on it, Mm -hmm. Uh but it's gonna be one of the continents. It's gonna be Arabia. Oh. Continental labia. Say, continental labia. Continental Pussy save the world, and the world is gonna have a pussy in it as a continent. You shape of it. Can you just make a pussy shaped world? The yeah. whole thing. Oh, that would be great. This is a semi related topic. I was talking with a friend of mine from. Oh, I have a great idea. Look, Before she told I me forget. I could not yes. use the Then you tell the story. Huh? You do the pussy, but in the pussy hair, you shave out the continents. That, that is, is your pussy earth. Ooh, yeah, I do like good. that. Yeah. I was talking with a friend who in Ghana, we like, can make different they pussies. will make coffins when people pass that like represent like their trade or parts of their personality. So like if you were a fisherman, you could get buried in a fish. She's like, if you were, you know, a cobbler, it could be a shoe. Those kinds of things. She's like, and if you a hoe, I was like, oh my God, I want to be buried, buried in a vagina now. Like... I need a vagina coffin, and then I want them to plant a really nice bush on it, and that's how I want to go down. And go down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, the burning bush. (laughs) Because some countries do burn. I thought they were gonna make a coffin in the shape of a garden hoe. I thought, ah, no, I so thought no. they were going to make it in the shape of a dick. Somehow you were going to fit a body. Oh, no, no. I want... I if you want, were a hoe, you make it in the shape of a dick. And then I was telling her, too, it would be nice because, you know, I don't like people just in my space. And everybody wants to come up and, you know, touch the coffin. People are going to think twice about coming up and just rubbing a gigantic wooden vagina. Oh, I'm rubbing it. <laughs> Even when you are dead, oh, if that is the only time I get to rub yeah. your vagina... We will be at that memorial until the sun come up the next day. Rubbing <laughs> away. Rubbing away. We're gonna do a pussy power save the planet. We have to do a whole episode at the funeral site. Over here, waxing the pussy. Oh my god! I I'd like to just apologize for all my co-host accents today because apparently (laughs) we can't turn them off. Oh, (laughs) mine were off for quite some time, and then you know I have to bring it back again. Okay, so like she literally can't talk without it. I was talking without it just fine before. Let's get into this. Relationships, love, career goals, money, chakras. What's it like to be a woman in the 21st century? Well, we're not entirely sure. What we are sure of is we are tired of having to say no thank you.
In today's episode, we cover communication, everything from accents and tone to timing and what effective communication looks like. Believe it or not, just because you talk a lot doesn't mean you're a proficient communicator. Shocking, I know. It's a complicated topic that's not often addressed. We're here to change that. So let's get to it. So speaking of accents, today's topic of the show is about communication. Like Spongebob style communication. I thought that was supposed to like people use that meme as something that people imagine and not actually a real thing that's achievable. No, it's imagination. It's imagination. That's what I'm saying. So every time I see it, I always think it's someone saying that people are being idiots. I guess, when I, use it, I guess when I use it in this form, it's more like a topic no one wants to address. Like reading rainbow. Maybe the more reading rainbow. That rainbow. But, rainbow. We're, but we're buffing it up with a rainbow. Between the lions. Oh, I used Ooh. to love that. I forgot about that. Took her back to moment. Foam. I love when you do that like mom voice thing. <sighs> oh, That sounded sweetie. like sexy. Why is it different when I do it? Because you said Mark Alves. First of all, you took an in breath on the sex. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? You can't. You can't. Because the difference is, Mark was like, oh, she didn't start with this. This is a good example of communication. That's a difference. We can go to bad. But the difference can lead to issues. So I picked this topic because we were talking about how Lexi and Fifi and I, by way of um, influence, can't drop the, um, I don't know what you want to call it, wannabe African island accent that's been going around our house for three months now. It's very much a hybrid of a places we would like to be. It's like seven different countries. We're just manifesting where we'd like to live. I love it. And it's gotten so bad that I have had to ask Lexi, like, (laughs) as a challenge when we're on a date to try to talk like herself the entire date. And my favorite thing. First of all, she doesn't tell me at the beginning of the date. She'll like, hey, like, you know, like when we're getting ready or when we're getting in the car, she'll wait for an hour and a half through the day and be like, babe, can you try to make it through this whole date? The date's been going on. I'm like, now I got to just snap out in 10 seconds. <laughs> she cannot break the character. And it, it always comes back. That's and like, Fifi's like, I wanted to die. And I'm like, we're going to have to do a binding spell. <laughs> like, the house. You're going to catch me and Fifi in the backyard, topless. <laughs> in the dirt. Like, we got to burn this. And <laughs> to burn the axe. So bad. Like, I was using it at work. Yes. I have been using it yes. everywhere. Like, I was in the drive thru and I was like, oh, thank you for that match up. <laughs> <laughs> it makes life better. I've it, gotten some great deals. Now I know how my dad made it through life. <laughs> I'm telling you, my dad had a heavy ass accent his um, whole life. And where were we at? Oh, we were when we were camping last week, and you're like, just go ask if we can, you know, stay an extra couple hours. I was like, babe, go do it. And she was like, no, you get stuff. I went up there with my accent. That's true. But I, I did go up there with my accent. I was like, hey, buddy, listen to me. Uh, 
Hey, buddy. <laughs> That's exactly what my daddy's back. Hey, buddy. <laughs> uh, you mind if we stay an extra few hours here in your campground, eh? Mm. We got to stay an extra couple of hours. You know what I am saying? I get back and who are you? Now, now that it's started, it's going to no, go it's the fine. whole So, episode. anyways. <laughs> So, um, yeah, but to be fair, I've seen you sweet talk like when we were yeah, in I Vegas. I, I, I do do and that. You in upgraded general. our yeah. room for basically nothing. Yeah, I do do that. <laughs> that was I'm good just at that in you. general. Yes, that was so, but it's better with an accent. Yeah, so I bring up the accent in reference to communication because what I've realized that I think is like a subconscious reason we can't drop the accent, other than it's just hard to break character once you're into something, mm-hmm. especially water signs like Pisces and Scorpios and Cancers that like to pretend we're not of this world. But um, is that it makes our communication less stressful and all three of us are extremely highly sensitive people. And so I can tell Fifi like she lays in bed all day in my normal voice and her, you know, nine tenths communication is um different oh. things like voice inflection mm-hmm. and body movement or whatever. But her brain can't read my voice inflection the same when I say the same sentence to her in the accent. So it's become a less threatening form of right. communication mm-hmm. for all of us. Like <laughs> right. it started with Lexi just using it for like little fun moments right. and like yeah. little quotables and then it just Spread well, the she really actually started it to get onto the children right, <laughs> and, and it worked now we can so get much. onto each other without it being threatening so you know the difference between me saying Fee can you take the fucking trash out like that sounds really like offensive to her right and you can hear my like agitation I guess in my voice tone like she hasn't done it for days or something but if I'm like hey Fee could you take this fucking trash out it has been sitting here for three days like what the fuck can you get the trash already yeah. she's like, like okay I am so sorry like, okay, I am like, so sorry I she's was like, like trash. yeah she's like okay <laughs> fine I will get the fucking trash down you know what I mean okay can we just talk about the fact that like 99% of being a like human is just tricking yourself into doing shit you yeah. don't want to do <laughs> exactly. that's all it is is yeah. you have to you, you won't just do it for the actual reason you have to like yes. convince yourself in some way yeah and that's how and i think as women like it's a challenge for communication is a challenge um i think it's a challenge i think it's more of a challenge when you're in a heterosexual i don't know i mean i guess there's different challenges to both um for me it's it's more of a challenge probably in a heterosexual relationship because I feel like men just don't really, you know, communicate the same way women do. Uh, maybe At that's all. a sexual. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a sexist opinion. Um, but from my experiences in the past, yeah. And and the challenge for me being in a um, relationship with Lexi has been that because we're both more sensitive, that has made communication a challenge. But. I think one of the things that I really want to communicate to our listeners in regards to communication is like, it's important to understand communication and understanding communication actually takes like some work on your part for education because um, the first book I ever read on communication was a book that I got from, I think my kids school when they were in like preschool, which was like when they were two, three years old. And it was, 
basically talked about like it's something that early learning teachers learn when they go through their training to be like preschool teachers because they can get a certain licensure like most people think oh they just work at a daycare but if you're in like a school district at mm-hmm. a preschool you have to have, you, a teaching you have, to have mm-hmm. a certificate to do this kind of teaching mm-hmm. um early learning yeah it's an early learning certificate and uh so the book talked about you know the difference between the the parts of your brain that are used in communication and one thing that people don't understand is um that you have like your brain stem which is called like your lizard brain um that's what people refer to it as and that's um the part of your brain that controls like fight or flight response, um, your just general needs, right? So when you're in a position of feeling threatened, that sends your body into your brain stem into your fight or flight response. And the cognitive part of your brain that's able to process and make rational decisions and calm down and all of that is turned off. And it's turned off on purpose and your digestion shuts down. I mean, I'm sure Lexi remembers learning this in A&P. Um, Gosh, yes, nursing school. Yeah, <laughs> when we learn about epinephrine and norepinephrine and all of that. Mm-hmm. So your digestion yeah. sets down. That's why when you're anxious, you can get like nauseous or a tummy ache. Mm-hmm. That's why every time before a test, I had to take seven shits. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so all the reason all that shuts down is because all of your body needs to focus all of its attention on living. Mm -hmm. So finding food, finding shelter, finding water, fight or flighting. Finding a toilet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so when you realize that on a relationship level, like you're able to better understand why it's not a good idea to try to process things when emotions are in a heightened state. And I think for young women, um, we have a tendency to want to address issues kind of head on, I feel like. Um, or we have Just a tendency. That ain't me. Or we have a tendency to want to. Bury them and never talk about yeah, them again. Yeah, shove them yes. under the rug. So that's that's basically your, your fight or your flight kind of situation, right? And where it can get tricky is so you either A, try to fight. And then you end up in one of these really unhealthy situations where you're chasing your partner around the room or your male partner, usually in a heterosexual relationship, is uh, like what they call gray rocking you, which means that they're just kind of ignoring you, stonewalling you or whatever. And you're like looking crazy because you're like a woman that's fiercely upset and you want to solve the problem right now, but your emotions are really heightened or... You think, oh, the flight situation is better. I'll just shove this down. But the problem is it never gets brought back up. And then there's no resolution to the issue. I have this problem where I am flight, 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 flight. And then one day I am just all fight and all the things come out. All of it. Yeah. It stays until it cannot be held anymore. There is a uh, max fill line. And then it's one little thing. And then it's just this whole emotional vomit of like, there's this, 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 and this. And they weren't really a big deal. But now I'm making it a big deal. When it was... 20 tiny things that would have been very simply solved by like a minor conversation and instead 
I'm yeah, like, but because you people think that those minor conversations are conflict. minor, so they don't want to even bring them up. And I and I just hate conflict in general. So yeah. anytime they're like, because I am who I am, I can't just turn off that part of my brain that says, here are all the ways this could go wrong, instead of thinking it'll just be better no matter if it's worse or you know whatever the outcome is it's going to be better to say it my mind still is like but what if this happens or this or this yeah. i'm like you know what we're good we're just gonna we i think part of that conflict resolution piece for women growing up in american society comes from the fact that we're either <clears throat> scared to uh say something because uh, men can be kind of terrifying when you're a little girl in some degrees. And then I think if we're not scared, we're, you know, a lot of women tend to be natural um, nurturers. And so we want to keep the peace and make things nice and comfortable and happy. And society teaches us that that's what we're supposed to do as women is have this etiquette. And we come from this whole social background that if a woman has feelings or objections, she has diagnosable fucking hysteria. You know what I mean? Like, so for a woman, it's a lot to learn how to express yourself in a healthy manner and to be able to say that stuff and kind of get it out. I have a, a rule that I've adopted since I've started coaching. Um, when I first got my head coaching soccer job, I had a really great assistant coach who had several, I was like 24 or something when I started as the head coach. So I was young and she had been coaching for a long time. And one of her things we were building our handbook was she doesn't like parents to approach her after a game because emotions are high, different mm -hmm. things like I'll talk yeah. to you, but we're going to wait. So we have, I, I have it to this day and my girls know if after game, if they weren't happy with playing time, whatever it is, or if a parent's upset, like come talk to me, but give it 24 hours. So we're in a love. Yep. If it's still a big deal, then we'll go. And I've started adopting it in my own personal life. Um, and I've actually had people like that I've been interested in. They're like, are we good? I was like, I need my 24 hour rule. Like I'm invoking my 24 hour rule. And even like sometimes that. when it's a good feeling, I give myself that time. And Fee and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago. I was talking about, I've had some self-discovery of part of the reason I don't like to share emotion is because I don't have lukewarm capabilities. <laughs> so I'm all or nothing in everything. That's why when I take on a project, I like dive in. I'm like, we need this, 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 and yeah. that. Like, I don't know how to just do things slightly or gently or I moderation or yeah. everything in moderation. And so yeah. for me, even if it's a good feeling, I need to give myself that time to sit back from like that initial emotion process a little bit. And then if it's still, if it's a bad thing, give myself that time to cool down. And if it's still as important in 24 hours, I'll talk about it with a much clearer head after good night's sleep, whatever it might mm -hmm. be. It'll I'll still probably feel the same way if it actually was something that required that emotion. But now I can talk about it in a much calmer fashion. Um, which is my way of now handling because I just wouldn't talk at all. That's it's funny you brought that up because yeah. I was actually going to bring that up as one of the things that I suggest, the 24-hour rule. I've talked about that a lot mm -hmm. in relationships, and I brought it up to my partners a lot. Um, 
But the big thing being that you have to make sure you have the follow through, which is why, um, you know, Lexi and I have started to write things down that we need to talk about because it's hard. Like mm-hmm. if you have a conflict, the easiest time to talk about the conflict is in the conflict. But that can But when you're having a yeah. great day, you damn sure don't want to have to bring up the topic of your conflict to have to go back and rediscuss it when you're in a better emotional state. Like, that's really hard to do. And the fucked up thing, too, is, like, we all know sometimes that, like, I know it's better for me to get it off my chest right away because I get so anxious and I sit on it, sit on it, sit on it, and then it, like, literally eats me alive. And so every time I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I need to just trust this instinct to have this. Even if I do wait, I know it's better to have those conversations and there's still that part of me that's like maybe not because I give myself the 24 hours and it might still be an annoyance or some sort of problem I'm like yeah but it'll be okay right won't it be okay and in my mind I'm like no you just you just let it go that's not the same thing yeah, and as I think being the, okay right yeah. there's a difference between letting something go and, and it being, actually being yes. okay. And, and I think that's part, part of it is you feel like if you don't express it right when you're having that feeling, mm-hmm. if that feeling goes away, then you're not going to feel as strongly about it. Or that's the part that leaves me like a lot of times if I do give myself the space, mm-hmm. I'm like unsure. I think as women, especially people who are highly empathetic in general, men or women, you know, I use a lot of as women because this show is, is garnered towards, you know, helping young women, um, in their lives and and older we love you too um but i do know i want to you know give the uh you know what you call it here disclaimer yeah the disclaimer (laughs) here that i i really don't buy into the whole um you know it can only be women or it can only be men scenario i know that there are a lot of men who are highly empathetic and have these kind of feelings too and great communicators yeah so for anyone who um you know feels highly empathetic I get unsure of myself and I feel like Lexi's helped me a lot with that. She's like, you need to go with your gut, like your first instinct. Like, how does something make you feel like because where I get in trouble is I feel something and I know that it's wrong in my heart or Mm -hmm. it's upset me. Clearly, I saw this really great meme about it the other day. Something about anger is a great emotion because it's letting you know, hey, this should not be happening right now. Right. Or you wouldn't be getting angry. It's like the purest emotion. Because sometimes we can feel what we think might be joy and happiness, and it's not actually. It's a mm. masked, an, another emotion masked with, like, what we perceive as joy, like comfort or stability or those kinds of things, mm-hmm. um, or, like, instant gratification. Anger. Anger is very and raw. sadness. Emotion, the negative like, yeah. emotions are the only ones that are, hundred mm-hmm. for me, are 100% trustworthy in what I believe my body and my mind is telling me. Yeah, and I think what happens is if I give myself too much time, then when the anger wears off, then I start making excuses for the behavior because I'm like, oh, well, maybe I was just overreacting and what this person did really wasn't that bad and they've been through this or they've been through and they just don't know what they're doing. But then that's when the conversation should be had, I, I think. I, what I've started doing, I I do invoke my 24 hour rule if it's a really strong emotion, but I oftentimes, instead of just avoiding it altogether, if someone asks me, I will tell them I'm feeling X, Y, or Z, I'm hurt or I'm upset or whatever it is. I don't want to talk about it right now, 
but this is how I'm feeling just so I'm being transparent. And then they're not blindsided by it either. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes has helped me with follow through because usually when I do that, especially in some of my current like friendships and relationships is they help me circle back and revisit because I made a point to say, this is how I feel. I don't want to go in depth. I'm not ready to process. I'm not ready to fix it. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling Mm -hmm. you how I feel. So if my energy shifts or whatever happens, this is why. Um, I, I like how you bring up the topic of saying that you're hurt, because I think that's another important thing for people to understand. When you look at an emotions wheel, right, there's this big wheel. You can Google it on the Internet about emotions. Um, a lot of people don't really know what the emotions are, and it shows all of these different levels of emotion that actually come back to like a singular emotion. And my one of my absolute favorite, I think, it, I don't know if it's a Pixar or Disney movie, but is inside out because i feel like that movie Mm -hmm. gave huge insight and it's like productive for adults to watch like if you haven't seen this movie you need to watch it because it really teaches you that at the end of the day the anger the frustration the what you perceive to be hatred or whatever um Mm -hmm. or you know when your kids are acting snarky or Uh, whatnot most of that comes back to the fact that you're just hurt Mm -hmm. like i may come off like really aggressively angry at you right now but i'm really just on the back end like hurt Mm -hmm. and if you don't give yourself that moment to realize like wow this really hurt me and it's it's very vulnerable to tell someone that they hurt you like it feels empowering to be like you piss me off you know that's Mm -hmm. easy to say but to say at the end of the day you know what what you really did was hurt me because we don't want to say that it hurt us Mm because that makes us weak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the important, important piece too, is to just realize that that emotion is about being hurt. Um, One of the things Lexi and I do when we're arguing is we usually end up over text message at some point (laughs) (laughs) because like when I'm having a rough time, I can just, I'll be completely nonverbal. I think I was telling you this over mm-hmm. message the other day in the group. Like <laughs> I need, I don't want to talk. Just hug me. It was the button. That yeah, you like exactly. <laughs> and like, it really is a thing for me. And it is a thing for a lot of people who are very sensitive to like stimulation and processing um, where I can't talk. Like I'm physically mute and I cannot, there's a blockage in my brain. I can even hear the words in my brain that I want to come out of my mouth, but there's a blockage between those two processing centers where it's too much stimulation for me to have to speak in this moment. Like I need to just be in shock and cry or whatever is going on. And so um, being able to do it in a written manner really Mm -hmm. helps to get it out better and i feel like that gives you the moment to like collect your thoughts you're making better responses Mm -hmm. um another draft yeah another good thing between me and lexi we got into a huge fight a couple days ago that we realized um when we're arguing is that we both interrupt each other constantly makes you more mad Mm -hmm. right and so (laughs) when we're texting you can't interrupt that i mean you can but you can go back to it you can re-reference it you know if you're typing at the same time you can make sure to respond in bullet points or whatever right it's not even like an um intentional interruption sometimes because it'll be like one person will be responding but they'll bring up like nine points i'm not going to remember those nine points 
I need you to stop at each point so I can and respond some, to yeah. each of those points. Yeah. And sometimes. And what, yeah. And then that's what, oh, well, you're interrupting me. I'm like, that's a lot. I need, can I take yes. notes while you saying well, what you're saying? But then you're not actively listening. You're not actively listening. You know listening. what I'm saying? I guess okay, that's huge. It's, and sometimes you know, I will say things. I <clears throat> can be, I feel like I can be eloquent when I want to be and things when I'm in an emotional state, because again, I feel everything so big. Um, I often will say things and I have to tell people that's not what I meant and I genuinely mean it because some things come out and I'm like, that's not how I wanted to word that. Like, that was not the way I needed to say it. I have to say it all the time because people are like, oh, I'm like, no, 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 no. If I were writing, can we? Can you get me a pen right. and a paper? Let me write it. Yeah, but it'll sound better. I promise. Exactly. And it's not as mean. <laughs> and then giving, also when you do have those moments. Yeah. We also talked about uh, me and Crystal like giving that person another, like the opportunity to have the time to explain what they actually meant. Right. Right. Like, oh, that's how you. That's how you feel. And then that person takes off with that feeling. You're like, okay, so that we're going into another. And- <laughs> I am. I'm a firm believer in there are some conversations that I will refuse to have with people um, via text or mm-hmm. sometimes not even on the phone because I like to hide behind some of that. I think there is a an important lesson of learning which conversations you can have. Yeah. In that manner. Well, like, I think it's, it's not figuring it, out what works for you. Exactly. So what works for me and Lexi may not work for everyone. Right. You know. Right. Um. But, you know, a big piece in reference to what she was saying was, Mm -hmm. you know, I might bring up nine topics, Mm -hmm. but that's because my brain works the best when I'm focused. And when I'm in an intense situation, uh, my brain is focused on that situation. So I'm able to better express myself in that moment. And if I don't get all nine of my points out. I'm going to forget them. And that's a big problem, Mm -hmm. too. And that's another thing Mm -hmm. with the interrupting each other. If she's trying to remember what her response to number one was and number two. But it's just like, I don't know if you guys do this when you text back and forth or you're on an email or whatever. I have been so frustrated my whole life, particularly going to college um, and definitely during online school. I'll send a freaking professor an email and it'll have three questions and they answer and they answer the last question of the email and they ignore the other two and i make a very conscious effort when somebody sends me a large paragraph Mm -hmm. when i reply i go down by each thing you said uh, yeah in uh christian school even like we had this detailed ass class about responding replying and writing yeah. letters to really? people and stuff oh yeah that's, it was intense. that's really good but so, that's good life lessons yeah so when you're how we were taught is when somebody is listing all these things you need to respond to the last thing they say is the first thing you respond to when you work your way up from there is and you how, reference each thing you right. reference what they yeah. said and what he said so if they list four things i'm supposed to respond to number four first and then, then circle rest- back yep and circle back interesting all the way around interesting i'm curious for you because you are kind of on like the top end of a generation that is very 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 outspoken um in ways that lots of other other generations have not been as far as um, speaking up with boundaries, open communication with open relationships and things. Do you feel like your generation that, I mean, you are kind of a middle, do you feel like they're better communicators? Nope. Trash. Um, (laughs) and I think with my issue is, and with 
other people and other things. It's mm-hmm. just we are so afraid to open up and be genuine because mm-hmm. we're afraid of being let down. Like a lot of people in my generation are just the fear of fear itself and the fear of like not having the outcome to wait. We're overthinkers. Mm-hmm. So I think we try to bounce around the actual problem or trying to fluff mm-hmm. it up instead of actually targeting it head on. Yeah. When I talk to Austin, who like is more Gen Z than Fee, mm-hmm. one of the things he mentions about the generation is that um, they're big on pushing their agendas. And so I think when you look at it with what Fee said and you look at the generation, it's more like you guys are good at announcing what you want in like an out there to the world Mm -hmm. or on social media Mm -hmm. or on a social setting, Mm -hmm. but you're not good at doing it on a private, intimate level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know you can they seem like they're good at saying what the fuck they want but it's right? just a lot of noise but it's more like you know this is how we should be treated well and it's a group effort at that point though out to out to the world on a yeah. video where there's no f- feedback right there it's not intimidating it's not scary there's no one you're talking directly to you know I would say I have a better time communicating with total strangers and people who like have no relevance in my life than people who I'm actually close with. And I think that's common for everyone, but probably worse to some degree with all the social media and everything from from your generation, for sure. Like I can be open about my feelings with somebody who doesn't matter in my life because there's like I'm able to express it and get it out. But there's no real like not even real consequences, just like no one else gets to see i feel weak when i express myself yeah so people around me don't get to see mm-hmm. me feel at my lowest vulnerable point. yeah vulnerable yeah. it's the vulnerability yeah. what's wrong with you i had a lot of hesitations because i'm very much that way of i'm not i don't share with strangers i don't share with people i'm close with i just don't really share, share with, with your people. therapist and that's right. it <laughs> but I was, I was worried i'd get into therapy and i would it would be the same. Like I knew in my mind, I was like, you have to try. Like it might take some time, but you have to try. Like this is why you're going here. Um, And it was much easier. I think part of it too is just knowing that this person, I brought this person into my life to help me with this. Uh And so I think in my mind that was easier, but I had genuine like fear that I would get into therapy and I would still feel really cagey and I would feel like if I shared all these things, this person was going to be like, yeah, you should stop sharing so much. You know what I mean? I like, and I think it's just because. So for you, it's more what the other person thinks of you when you're sharing these things. Like, you're concerned what their judgment is going to be. Oh, 100% of me not sharing feelings is because I don't want to impact somebody else. Like, even if it's, like, I have not told people good things because they have expressed to me where they are in their life. And maybe, like, in the past, it's like, I don't want a relationship. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to share all these really strong feelings I have for you then good things and I would still keep them because I was respecting that person's wishes and boundaries so I am very much a person who 
while I feel like I'm always very true to myself, part of the reason I don't share is because I don't want to burden somebody else with my feelings and emotions. Now, what I'm learning is that it's not my fucking job. Like how they feel about me or how they feel about my feelings, how I interact, what I do. That's not my responsibility. That's theirs to deal with. So that's the part now that I'm really trying to like be better about because I should get to like my feelings are my feelings. Mm -hmm. And at some point in my life, I was programmed to believe that some of my feelings are not and I was overreacting or this or that or whatever it is. And so now I feel like I'm responsible how people receive those That's because maybe topic. they're not real. Yeah, I, I think, I'm going to have to write that down to talk to my therapist about. Thank you for that. <laughs> I <laughs> think uh, I got you <laughs> a, a big way. There's two big ways that I really uh, helped myself to feel better about that, because I think um, again, not to generalize, but a lot of women and you'll hear me say a lot because I won't say all or most, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of women Um, That is our concern. We spend so much time thinking about other people Mm. and what's going to make them happy and what's going to make them okay. And I don't want to upset them. And we genuinely in our hearts don't want to hurt their feelings. But unfortunately, that's just a consequence sometimes of being honest about how you feel. And you can't control that, right, is what you're saying um, for sure. And so two big things that really helped me to kind of process that Mm -hmm. was one, it's like when somebody gives you a gift. So I really learned this lesson hardcore when I was a single mom. I didn't have a job. I was trying to go through nursing school. Um, I had no child support. I was living in a, a women's shelter. I think I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to food banks um, to stand in line and get food for my kids before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, people might would want to give me money or help me here or there. And, you know, I had this real pride and a lot of people do like, oh, I'm not going to use food stamps. That's for poorer people mm-hmm. or what. And, I'm, and I got to this point in my brain where I was like, no. I paid the taxes on this service. You know, I deserve this service. And I think another way that it really helped me was like when somebody wants to give me a gift or the lady working at the food bank, whoever, right? It's bringing her joy that she is helping provide food for my family. When somebody gives me a gift, it's bringing that person joy. And when I decline the gift, because I'm like, oh no, not, you know, poor old me, not for me. You didn't have to do that. Mm. You know, um, then I'm stealing that joy from them. And I learned that uh, from my ex who liked to spend money and uh, even more so from Lexi, because that brings her joy to be able to do things like that for people. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm not accepting of it, that kind of robs her joy in the moment. And it's not for me to decide what she can and can't handle or what she can and can't do. And when you don't tell somebody how you feel, you're robbing them of the experience to process that, to make it better, to improve, to do whatever they need. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. that even comes down to like on a sexual level in a relationship. A lot of times women are really uncomfortable expressing what they need in the bedroom and they end up breaking up with a guy may may have been a great guy or not even considering a guy because he doesn't do certain sexual things on his own without having to be asked you know but who's to say he couldn't become the best at that if you manage to bring it up you know correct that would probably be the only form of communication i'm good at is letting you know what i want (laughs) 
sexually. <laughs> I'm very like. Any guys good at that? Uh, hit us up on the chat room. So, like, are you good enough at it that, the that you, like, he could literally be going down on you and you would literally be like, no, left. No, yeah. down a little yeah. bit. No. That does not surprise I, I, me. I, I, oh, my God. I could never do that. Oh, like, maybe. I can do it a little bit now, but, oh, when I was younger, there's no fucking way. Idea. We now create a side channel of Fee giving in the moment feedback <laughs> to help future generations find that on our Patreon find that on our Patreon find that on the pigeon the pigeon I got the pigeon. to stop nibbling I'm like what the fuck are you doing you don't bite that shit mm. hey wow. you just gotta you know so you just need so as long I feel like Fee your communication and everything is very much pussy power for you so you just need to make all of your communication somehow related to pussy power I don't even think it's like pussy power it's just being in the area of expertise I know what my vagina likes so I know how to tell you about it oh wow I know so do you feel like in the reverse you don't know what you like Mm. or what you want in life or Mm. from a relationship and that's why you can't Mm -hmm. Oh, I like think that's shit. that was another big point I wanted to bring up actually in relation to this. I think a lot of times we feel the feeling, but we don't really know what is causing the feeling. Exactly. And mm-hmm. we respond in defense during the communication mm-hmm. with the feeling when in reality we haven't even given our times ourselves time to process to realize that the real feeling is just that we're hurt or you hurt our feelings. I will say I typically can get there pretty quick because I'm like, I know I am not crazy. I know I am not irrational. I know that I'm not a person who jumps off the deep end. Like I I know some people just go quick to like the extremes. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not that. Um, And so I think sometimes it's easier for me. Like I will be in the middle of a discussion and then I'm like, this is why. And I'm able to find it because I know that those things are not whom I am as a person. So I know there's something else. And typically in the middle of that conversation or during my 24 hours, I'm like, bingo, that was his name. That was what it was. Yeah. Like I can figure it out because I know I'm not sensitive. So the lesson there is knowing yourself, really. Like yes. you know what your boundaries are, where yes. they begin, where they end, what you're willing to tolerate, and that takes time. That takes a lot of time, particularly and as women. Therapy. When we spend our whole life, yeah, in therapy, and we spend our whole lives giving to others and neglecting ourselves and our own feelings and yeah. our own emotions and our own wants. Like I'm just now 35, and I'm just now refiguring out like what I actually want because Lexi has kind of forced me to focus on that you know it's a constant struggle yeah it's a constant struggle and I think it's a little different for me Markel so I think that's great for you I feel like I know myself very well however because of my traumatic experiences growing up Mm -hmm. and being in abusive relationships with narcissistic men um I've been told that my normal feelings make me crazy, right? Or mm-hmm. we do things in the society where we, we yeah. use the uh, patriarchal excuse that a woman's period is a reason for her behaviors. Or, um, and that was a topic that came up during me and Lexi's uh, argument because my emotions can be kind of heightened during, I mean, they are 
um, during yeah. my period times. Same. Um, and the, the reality is, though, is it's not my period that's making me crazy. It's my period is causing some more turmoil maybe in my life or I'm taking certain things that are stressful and they're making me more stressed or I'm having more anxiety. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't change my boundaries just because I'm on my period, right? So whatever I'm mad about, I still deserve to be mad about not on a period, on a period. Correct. It's just that it just so happens during the period I've had a lot of anxiety build up and now this is the time you're going to get told about where you've fucked up my boundaries you know what i mean so but society spends so much time telling oh women are crazy they're hysterical it's just their periods like you just gotta leave them alone and ignore their feelings and scapegoat away with chocolate like instead of being held responsible for your actions or you know there's other things like um you know mental health or whatever and so having gone through that you know uh, narcissists in particular, they'll fuck you up. They'll tell you, they'll gaslight you. They'll make you think that yeah. your emotions are not real. Mm. They'll make you think that you're overreacting. They will deliberately remain calm in a situation so that when you're upset, you look like a crazy person on purpose. Yeah. They don't match. Hmm? I'm sorry. I was just thinking of my own dealing with that where we were both calm and so no one nowhere to nowhere to go where i sorry i started speaking in the accent <laughs> where i had something i wanted to express and i would like to have conversations where i would do like a weekly thing or like a monthly thing like hey just a check-in yeah, like, yeah. this is an issue i had and i told you i would probably talk about this again next week or mm-hmm. a month from now because i know you need time to process mm-hmm. and now we're both sitting there calm and like I can tell someone's lying to me and I can't be like, I know you're like, I'm just like holding your face. Like, I know that look in your eyes, you are lying to me. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like a crazy person about that whole situation. <laughs> that was <laughs> fucking insane. I think the thing is, is we make people feel crazy for emotions that are totally normal. That they should have. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. humans have anger. Anger is a real emotion. It's a it's a good emotion. Mm-hmm. It's a tr- anxiety and anger are both emotions that should are are a way that your body is tipping you off that something is wrong. And when you don't allow yourself to get that anger out, you don't process those emotions. That's what causes the anxiety because Correct. you've you've left something unfinished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you allow that anxiety to get too much then that's when it becomes that sadness, just like in the Inside Inside Out movie. Mm-hmm. Sadness comes from unresolved process of, of other emotions. It doesn't mm-hmm. just come on its own. So it's like that grief wheel, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's important is that you learn that it's okay. You're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Everyone explodes, okay? If if a person mm-hmm. calls you crazy anytime you ever explode or Knock start yelling teeth. or get super angry. Knock them in the teeth. I think, I think <laughs> not exploding is crazy. Explode. Yeah, not exploding is crazy. And that's, that's the reason Those that it's... Those are the people that end up on Snap. Well, that's <laughs> that, that, yes. And that's the reason that narcissistic people, um, there are narcissistic women out there too. Mm-hmm. I don't want to discredit the men. I always try to bring that up because I know a lot of men who've been through that. 
But narcissistic people, part of the reason that they don't match your intensity is because they don't really care. Mm -hmm. Mm. You can tell when somebody gets really upset, it's because they are passionately caring about something. Yeah. If they're just monotone or mute, they're just waiting to get through this so they can go back to whatever they were doing because they don't really give a shit about the situation. And so you're right. They are crazy. Like everybody's punched something. I mean, like. Every, most everybody I know, a large percent. I mean, everybody at this table yes. has well, the punched one, something. The one, some I've never actually like punched a wall or pit. The only time I've gotten to that point, it was a face. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So when I say punch him in the teeth, she um, means it. She will punch you in your personal experience. Teeth. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's that's what anger does, and there's a reason for it. It's the fight or flight response. Man, and I tried jumping out of the car once because I was angry on the freeway. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm leaving." <laughs> yeah, and then every, you the know, world. Our <laughs> our particular generation is like so um, trained on the DSM, we all know what all the diagnoses mean and we all tend to like right. want to label everyone with a diagnosis. But the reality is that they're called disorders for a reason. So it's not that you get angry enough to punch a wall once every three months. That's normal. When it's a pervasive and continual behavior that you're dealing with on a constant basis, day in and day out, and it is disordering your life, your relationships, your ability to keep a job, your ability to function, that's when it becomes a disorder. The big one right now, like you talk about that, is like anxiety. Everybody all of a sudden, which I think a lot of people do function with chronic anxiety, but there's a big difference between having anxiety, having anxiety attacks out of the blue, those things, and then you just are constantly running late, so you feel anxious because you don't get your shit together. (laughs) Like, there's a difference between everybody feels anxious because that's your body telling you that something's off, that we need to get something done. Not everybody suffers day to day. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important, too, to recognize whether or not you are in control of some of those negative emotions or if it is just what you are. And then you learn how to navigate from there. Because I think a lot of people just go super quick. And I was that way my whole life. Mm -hmm. I thought the reason I felt that way all the time is because I was doing these things to myself. That's not the case. Like, at all. I just live in this world of like... I'm always anxious. General anxiety disorder. Exactly. I think part of that, too, is that we focus on um, drugs. You know, America is very, like, drug-based. The number one drug that's prescribed in the world are antidepressants. Mm. Um, You know, why is everyone depressed? Nobody wants to look at the why. Mm -hmm. Why do we live with general anxiety disorder? Well, because we've never learned to process our emotions. And so we're in constant fear or because of our attachment styles. You know, we have a reactive attachment style or an avoidant attachment style. Yours would probably be more avoidant, right? Um, Yeah, not to diagnose you, but, um, you know, just assuming. And so then... We live in constant anxiety because we don't say what we feel or we don't respond. I just had this discussion with Fee. Um, You know, she had a date planned. She got all dressed up for it. And she tends to immediately go, if we reference the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. she's a type two. They are the most self-sacrificial types of the whole Enneagram. 
in that they'll make excuses for everyone's behavior with, you know, oh, well, it's not their fault. It's not a big deal, you know, whatever. Not And so she doesn't even give herself a chance to process her emotions because she just forgives the person right away. But I'm like, hey, it is a big deal. And it's okay that it's a big deal. You spend, you know, hours getting ready. You got very mm-hmm. dressed up. You put on this really beautiful outfit. You know, you were literally about to walk out the door. Mm-hmm. And then this all just came crashing down and got canceled on you. Um, an obvious, like, your move was an obvious change. You came, you used to, you look, you came to look like a, um, a girl walking on the Panama beaches yesterday. Yeah, then, she was gorgeous. gorgeous. Check out her she came social back media to see her dress. 20 minutes later, yeah. she looked like she came from a funeral in Panama. Yeah. <laughs> I and, was like, what the fuck? And the reality and is... I say it was okay. And so I'm glad you had the same conversation well, that I did with Fee. And I was like, bruh. Like, but what and, I will say is, I, I, I get like you get your point. I get it where I've been in the same thing. I can recognize that yes i am disappointed and yes maybe i'm hurt but it's not an end all be all like it will be okay and so i think the important thing like i've had to learn like in that moment you knew it was like not gonna be like this deal whatever it was right you were hurt this and that and you will be okay i've had to be very clear with people of if they ask me if i'm okay i say no but I will be because there are some things because I get it like stuff like that when people plans change whatever there are some things that really don't require that kind of emotional response they don't even necessarily require some sort of big conversation or conflict because it's not that big of a deal so that's a good point but I think in this scenario um it did that the problem with fee is she maybe doesn't think that it requires that emotional response but if you put the situation through my filter an outside person looking in i think it did require it and i think the reason is is Mm. that same she was she was allowing the excuse that was given to Mm. be an okay excuse when it really shouldn't be and i have a comment after she makes her comment on that comment i'm not gonna share too much about her personal life but the gist of it is is the reason the person didn't show up here's where the accountability comes in Mm. right you get a virus from somebody you don't feel well you can't make it to the date that's a viable excuse. There's nothing in your control that could yeah. prevented you from getting the virus, from having the symptoms. Mm-hmm. The reason this person didn't feel good is because they make the same repeated mistake that causes them to not feel good because they are an irresponsible adult. And the reality is that she doesn't want to hold him accountable mm. to that responsibility not because she doesn't want to, but because she's focused on just being empathetic about the fact that he doesn't feel good right now. But he doesn't feel good because he keeps doing the same thing that he should be held responsible for, right? Yes. So last night, wow, well, I didn't, the accent, I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. Because it's going to make it easier for her it to is. talk about yeah. it. Yeah. You see, that's it great, makes it less serious. It makes, mm-hmm. Yes, she can process yeah. No, so I, I texted and I was like, hey, I got some shit I need to express Thank you. To you. Good job. Yeah. 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 Where's the button? Hey. I got it right the first time. Oh my God. We need a label maker for those. We had a label on it, but it's gone. And I just let him know how upset I was and how excited I was. And this was something I was looking forward to. And Mm -hmm. I was planning it. And like, hit to we are bumping. And just like, (laughs) I was really, I just told him like, I was really disappointed. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and that can be it, and right? What, yeah. What I told her was after I looked at her beautifully from the funeral, <laughs> I was like, Fee, you do realize if you continue to let these little things, quote unquote, yes. go on and you guys do end up in a serious relationship, you can't bring that up in two years. Yeah. That's something that me and Crystal have had to talk about. I'm like, uh, you didn't like something from the beginning. You can't tell me three years later and be like, hey, I didn't like that. You have to bring up the little shit now because it's not going to be little shit. Agreed. Yeah. Down and the that's road, what I'm learning. I'm very happy it- that you took mm-hmm. that moment and was like, this bothered me. It builds and builds, and I'm guilty of that. And part of it, and I've been listening to some new podcasts and different things, and I've, like, I, I think I told you guys about it, like, just some mm-hmm. of the, like, self-realization I've had in the last month has been very jarring and, like, very mm-hmm. <laughs> little. I'm not going to say traumatic because it's good, but it's a lot in, like, a very short amount of time. Right. Um, But the way we treat children right and the way we were treated as children is that any negative emotion you have has to be fixed if you are i mean i had parents who would tell me they would give me something to cry about sometimes not in a non-sensitive way but instead of just letting us feel right a kid's upset um you know my therapist was talking about with babies they cry and we tell them shh we shush them instead of saying, get it out, share your feelings. How does that make you feel? Tell me it's okay to be upset. What is this? Let's process. We're taught from the moment we're born that anything that we feel that's negative should be fixed and resolved right away or pushed aside because we aren't supposed to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So we are programmed from birth to think that our negative emotions or our big, strong, not happy are emotions are yeah. bad. Yeah. So we don't want to have those conversations. We mask how we're feeling instead of just saying, this sucks, I'm upset, we'll talk about it later. Or that hurt my feelings. And that can be it. And the person says, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I won't do it again. That shouldn't be a hard fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. can't, I still struggle sometimes to say, this upset me or I wish this had been said or this or that mm-hmm. because it would happen like that. And I I feel like I've done a good job in my life that I have people around that if I was direct like that, none of them are going to be like, well, fuck you. Like, well, well this is, I, and you know I was going mean? to say the receiving end of that has they to probably also, appreciate it. They, they also have to be able to accept your not communication. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You should be able to say, hey, can you not do that no more? And the person be like, Oh, my bad. Yeah. I didn't know it was a thing. Right. right? Instead of being like, why? Why the fuck does that bother you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which in my past, I don't want to talk about shit because if I bring shit up again, you're going to have something to say about it. You know, my past relationships, right. I'm not going to ever talk about my feelings again because I bring it up. You always be, well, I don't know why you feel like that. And then I'm like, well, cool. You don't care. Then I don't care. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to bury my shit. You stupid, I'm stupid. You stupid, I'm stupid. Like, fine. We're just yes. not going to talk about each other's feelings. Fuck mm-hmm. you and fuck you. And I don't care. Right? Exactly. Right. And so I think a big thing is making sure, you know, you have the right people. And that's why I say in the last year and a half, I feel like I have removed myself from lots of people who weren't that. Because now I've had conversations where... I've been direct and I can be with these people. And even if it sucked at first, it was like, they go, oh, okay. And we fix it and we move on. And I, cause in my mind, I think, well, if I, if I say this, like, that's it. Like I have this 
false sense of like a fear of abandonment when I really have not been abandoned by people who are super important in my life. So it's hard sometimes for me to be like, I can have conflict with this person and they're still going to love me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like she said on the receiving end. And I'm going to speak on being the parent since um, mm-hmm. you guys don't have any kids when it comes to you bringing up that sort of situation. But a big part of being on the receiving end of of that situation is that you don't get to decide how much something should upset someone right Mm -hmm. so because i think the fact that you're upset is ridiculous doesn't mean that it is actually ridiculous because there's going to be things that i'm upset about that you think are ridiculous and so you can't say oh that's ridiculous you need to not we tend to look at things on the surface level and this is where i'm going to reference the parenting Mm -hmm. um I try to find a good balance with my kids with that. Um, My kids all have ADHD. Uh, People that have ADHD have hypersensitive reactions to emotions. And so they, you know, people tend to label themselves empaths or whatever terms you want to use. But on a, a brain chemical functioning level, our nervous systems are easily triggered right so the average person's mouse trap the mouse has to really step on the trap for it to close an adhd person's mouse trap or someone who has highly sensitive personality traits or whatever you just have to breathe in the direction of the (laughs) of the mouse trap and it's gonna go off you know Mm -hmm. and so um with my kids there's like a really hard time finding the balance between yes your emotions are okay to have and you should be able to express those and realizing when your emotions are not matching the situation, right? Yes. But that's hard for me because, you know, my son will have an explosion because he loses video games. Mm-hmm. And there's no transition time. If I don't give him a warning, he's going to lose them or whatever. If it's an immediate thing, there's an immediate meltdown. And sometimes I'll catch myself saying, you're being ridiculous. This is just a video game. You're going to get it back tomorrow. Right. I tell him sometimes you're acting like a drug addict because that's a real viable and scary thing for people with ADHD. A very high percentage of them become addicts, um, very impulsive to emotions and that sort of thing. Um, And a large percentage of them are in jails. Yeah, you were talking about that. Yeah. And it's kind of like you were referencing, you know, all the all or nothing thing. That's very common for people with ADHD because your emotions are very impulsive processing. You're impulsively passionate and that sends you into a hyper focus overdrive and you can really focus on it. Um, or there's no reaction to it and then you know you're dealing with depression or whatever else and so with my kids to me that's ridiculous but in the reality like then he goes on to say well there's a special thing happening today they're releasing the new whatever every day there's a special thing happening there is but, but but if i stop myself and i think you know uh lexi one of the things that started our fight is i was upset i was having a rough time she was thought she was doing a good job because she was giving me physical touch which is what i need for comfort mm-hmm. um but she was still scrolling her cell phone it wasn't a hundred percent. so to me she wasn't present in the moment it she was just checking a box by petting me she wasn't really that interested that's how it looks not to say that's how she actually felt inside but that's how it looks to me right 
So to me, that was a big deal. That really upset me. But to the next person, that might just be ridiculous. But that affects one of my core values. It's very important to me that if I'm an important person to you, you put your phone down and you're present in the moment with me. That shows me respect. That makes me feel valued. That makes me feel loved. Intensity. Right. She and so for feel it. If you look at it on a child's level, for Cameron, um, that is where he's bonding with people. Yeah. He wants to see the new thing that's released the same time his friend sees the new things that's released so that they can be on the same level and talk about it. And he doesn't feel have to feel like the kid who didn't get to do it. It's important to him. You know, it's a very important thing to him. And so then I have to kind of take a step back and I have to reevaluate. So usually I'll hit him with the you're being ridiculous. And then I'll come back later and be like, OK, I know that this, you know, was really important to you and you felt and, you know, we'll have a talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come in and I say, but you should have got your shit done. <laughs> give me them damn games but, but there's that balance between you know I, I feel like therapy has swung from one direction to the other in the in the beginning we used to just shove people in crazy houses tell them they were crazy hide stuff brush it under the rug try to stop people from being gay whatever Love whatever right them and then we the gay away and then it's just like when you have a child trying to rebel against a parent right you always say the the pastor's daughter is the most whorish right she's like gonna go kids. complete 160 so what our generation did was we went complete you know 180 from that too everyone should be special everyone should express all of their emotions and then it kind of led to people not knowing how to control their emotions or hmm. how to realize that their reactions are overreactions to certain things hmm. across so i feel like everything comes back to that moderation we have to find that middle ground where you're and that 24-hour rule really helps with that because yes. not only are you assessing your ability to respond appropriately to the other person, how they've hurt you. Yes. Now you have time to assess to yourself. How you actually feel. Are these really mm-hmm. accurate feelings? Because I have said before, I have said many times that often I don't trust my emotions. Yeah, I don't And either. the reason why is not that I don't believe I'm capable of feeling these things, but sometimes I feel like I have an emotional response that is not based on the moment. It's based on trauma and it's based yeah. on something that happened in my past. So like perfect example is I had, you know, friends who in like high school that were really shitty humans to me. And I had moments where I would tell them how I felt or if I didn't want to do something and then I was the problem. So now sometimes if there is a situation where I don't want to do something, right? Like in a group or like, hey, I'm not interested in that for the vacation or whatever. Sometimes I wonder if the reason I don't speak up is because I'm really just okay with doing what everybody wants to do or if I don't want to speak up because I'm afraid that then I will just get left behind. So sometimes I'm not sure if my response and like in relationships, am, am I upset even though this person has never lied to me this has never happened? Am I going to this place because that's what happened last time or do I actually feel this emotion? Do I actually feel abandoned or do I actually feel like they're not listening or is it just me thinking that's where it, what's going to happen? Mm. So sometimes it's hard for me and anybody with any sort of trauma, which is everyone, to know if you're having a trauma response or a genuine emotion. 
I think, I think for me, I think for me, there is no um, for sure 100% certainty on ever being able to fully unravel that. I think the trauma is too deeply embedded and I've done years and years of therapy. Yeah. Um, and I think the problem is, is that it's it's more like a circle rather than two things running on a parallel line. My trauma has taught me where my boundaries mm. lie and um, what I w- will and won't tolerate. And I think a hard thing, particularly for people who get in relationships with me, maybe Lexi can speak to that. Um, I can speak on things. <laughs> I'm sure sometimes she feels like I'm having a trauma response to certain things because she knows that I've experienced those things in the past with trauma. And to me, I'm just having a very strong response because my boundaries are really strong. And I think a lot of people that you're dealing with on the other end in general society don't have good boundaries. Yeah. So when you become someone who's able to develop those, then it seems like you are really aggressive to the other person. Um, Because and what helps, I think, and what will help the listeners is maybe you you take a piece of paper and you write down like, what are the things you absolutely will not tolerate from other people? And I've done this in a relationship. I was dating a guy for a while. It was after my abusive marriage. Mm -hmm. And he'd gotten angry, you know, before we'd had arguments before. And I was like, you know, I will tolerate anger. Anger is normal. Um, it, it is triggering to me when someone's too close to my face or they're yelling at me. I can have a trauma response from that that could even cause me to like have a panic attack. But I don't hold the other person totally accountable to never yelling. Like, that's not an option, right? People right. are going to yell. They're going to get, but I might tell them, hey, I can't handle that or whatever. Um, but one of the boundaries I set was I will never tolerate someone throwing something in my direction or physically hitting me when they're upset in a situation. We got into an argument. We were arguing in the car. Um, He had picked up my phone charger or something and I asked for it back and he threw it at me Hmm. and it hit my thigh and I broke up with him immediately. And I would not have been able to do that had I not not written down, this is a boundary I will not tolerate. Yeah. Um, If you need to work on your anger and that doesn't make you a horrible person if your anger issues are so extreme you can't resist throwing things or hitting someone um i don't think that makes you a bad person always you know there are people with antisocial personality disorder and narcissism that you should like right. not associate with at all but that doesn't mean the average person has never hit someone or whatever and can't grow from that but what I won't tolerate is waiting for you to grow from that while we're in a relationship. You want to come back and be my friend later while you figure that out? Great. But I will not tolerate you throwing things right. at me. And I think for Fee, um, you know, one of the things I've talked to her about a lot is you have to know what you will and won't tolerate. And what you have to know what you deserve. And part of that is getting to a place of self-esteem where you're you can hold your head high enough and say, I deserve better than this. And then you can begin to kind of set those boundaries in your head. We hope you've enjoyed part one of this topic. That's very important to us. While you wait for part two and the conclusion of this episode, be sure to rate and review the show. If you've been enjoying all that we've been bringing to you, be sure to give us all the stars and let us know what you love about the show and the crew. And if you haven't been enjoying what we've been giving to you, that's too damn bad! (laughs) Go like and subscribe anyway.